0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to Music Therapy and Beyond. My name is Maggie, and today I'm going to talk about guided imagery and music. If you haven't already, I would invite you to listen to last week's episode, which is an experiential listening episode that leads the listener through what a GIM session might sound like. I will reiterate that I am not certified in GIM, but I am very intrigued by this method and I would like to share it with you today. I'm going to briefly go into some of the history behind this method in music therapy and then go over what an actual session might look like. I hope this episode sparks your interest in GIM and encourages you to do some of your own research and find out if this is something for you. Before we get started, I would like for us to just take a moment, relax, breathe, and center yourself in the next few moments of a brief music Guided imagery and music is also known as the Bonnie method of guided imagery and music because it was developed by Dr. Helen Bonnie. She was a pioneer in the music therapy field and was one of the first people to really understand that music has a profound impact on a person's psyche and went as far as to make it her life's work and do research on the subject and develop her own method of music therapy. As Madeline Venter and Kathy McKenney point out in the chapter titled, The Bonnie Method of Guided Imagery and Music from the book, The Music Therapy Handbook. GIM is an approach to self exploration, psychotherapy and spiritual growth. Dr. Helen Bonnie was born in 1921 to a mother who was a musician and a father who was a minister. So right from the very start, music and spirituality were pillars in her life's journey. She ended up majoring in violin performance at the Oberlin Conservatory of Music. There she had a life altering experience during a lecture from Dr. LeBeau on prayer When she was asked to play violin for the group and gave a performance where she believed that quote the music that came from her violin was exquisite magnificent and not under her control in her search for meaning behind this performance she encountered some unresolved childhood trauma because of this she seeked therapy and through hypnosis she was able to work through her trauma After this, she made the connection that music may have a profound effect on someone's psyche since it can induce a hypnotic-like state and can conjure profound imagery. This can lead the person to move beyond only discussing an issue but fully experiencing it and working through it on their own. Dr. Bonnie went through more schooling and performed more research on the subject until she graduated with her PhD in 1976, where her dissertation was on the development process and implementation of GIM. If you have ever heard of GIM, you have probably also heard of the clinical research studies that involved using LSD. Keep in mind that these studies were conducted in the late 1960s when LSD was not yet banned by the FDA for clinical studies. The use of LSD in these studies was purposed for deepening the person's psychological state and inducing them into an altered state of consciousness. Since then, we have discovered that we are able to enter into these altered states of consciousness without the use of mind-altering drugs. We just need a little bit of relaxation, meditation, and some music. Some of the theoretical influences on GIM extend from Jungian, humanistic, and transpersonal traditions. Dr. Bonnie admitted having been influenced by Carl Rogers model of client-centered therapy as well. The end goal of this therapy is so that the client can acknowledge that quote their internal wisdom guides their ability to make healthier choices. So what does a typical session in GIM look like? It typically consists of four parts. one, the prelude to the induction three music of course and four postlude number one the prelude is where the client will share what has happened since the last session and any present concerns that they have and the therapist and the client will decide on what they want to focus on during the session and the therapist will then decide what music And what induction to use from there so number two the induction this is where the client relaxes and starts to focus their mind on the task at hand and if you listen to last week's episode this is the beginning of the experiential listening part of the episode where I encourage the listener to relax and begin transferring into an altered state of consciousness. Number three, the music. The music is, of course, the core of the session. The therapist will choose pre-recorded music they have clinically chosen to best serve the client. And sometimes this part of the session can be from 30 to 45 minutes long. As the client's imagery unfolds during the music, They will verbally relate their experience to the therapist and the therapist then guides them through their imagery and assists in their processing of the events that unfold. Number four, the postlude. This is where the therapist leads the client back to a normal state of consciousness. Once the client has reached a normal state, the therapist and the client will then reflect on what happened during the client's imagery experience. In the Music Therapy Handbook, they make sure to mention that this is a time for processing, not interpretation. Images can take many different forms and meanings, and it would be limiting for the therapist to impose their own interpretations of those images onto the client. So the whole session usually lasts around two hours. Another question you might have is, who can benefit from GIM? The most appropriate clientele for GIM is healthy adults and those with non-psychotic mental conditions, such as a mood disorder or an anxiety disorder. Adults are the most appropriate for this method since it involves a lot of introspection, self-reflection, and deep thinking. People who have psychotic disorders may have prior difficulty distinguishing fantasy from reality, so this method is not appropriate for them. GIM is typically done on an individual basis but there have been some modifications for the method to adapt it for other populations. It has been modified for groups and even for children and adolescents and people with various mental health issues. Although it has been modified to meet the needs of different individuals, the basic principle of GIM remains the same. So as we conclude this episode, I would like to read the conclusion paragraph in the GIM chapter in the Music Therapy Handbook because I believe that it really just beautifully wraps up the entity of GIM. It says, GIM evolved from the personal and scientific exploration of music and its ability to help people discover both the dark and the light the depths and the heights of their psyches. It integrates the body, the mind, and spirit through the wonder of music. It allows the healthiest, most creative, wisest parts of an individual to expand and become the center from which they relate to themselves, to others, and to that which is beyond us all. And I think that is just a beautiful representation of what GIM is about. And I hope that this episode helped to deepen your understanding of the Bonnie method of guided imagery and music, or GIM, and sparked an interest in doing some of your own research on the different studies that have been done in this method of music therapy. Until next time, this is Music Therapy and Beyond. Thank you so much for listening, and be sure to rate us and subscribe wherever you listen. Check out our website at www.musictherapyandbeyond.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, or send us an email at musictherapyandbeyond@gmail.com. at gmail.com. See you next week.